0: Parkinson's affects around 1 in 500 people within the UK with over 127,000 sufferers and diagnosis is particularly difficult for this degenerative disease. At the British Science Festival, hosted by the University of Birmingham, I spoke to Dr Max Little, a lecturer at Aston University and MIT, who has been developing an interesting smartphone app, a so-called pocket doctor that is hoping to more rapidly identify individuals with a disease.
1: So it's really a suite of studies... And they're all trying to investigate the question about how can we use smartphones or other consumer technologies in order to detect and score the symptoms of a disease. So there are lots of different questions we can ask. We can ask about detection, we can ask about diagnosis, we can ask about symptom severity. The real focus of this research is the fact that these devices are loaded with sensors and it's these sensing devices that can collect a lot of information about your behaviour and then can use that in order to make predictions.
0: Exactly what is the app? If they load this up on their phone, tell me, what are they required to do in order to do these tests?
1: Well, it's really very simple. So they download the app. There are two modes that they can use it in. One mode is that they simply press start and they put it in their pocket and it just continuously records their behavior. The other mode is that it goes through various structured tests. And one of the tests, for example, is the voice. So it just asks them to do, ah, for as long as they can. Another one is to put it in their pocket and do a gait test. That means we just ask them to walk 20 paces, and then turn around again. Another thing that we're looking for is tremor, so they're just asked to hold the phone in their hand and hold their arm out straight for a length of time. Another one might be a tapping test, they're just asked to tap on the touchscreen of the smartphone for, for a length of time. All in all, it takes about five minutes to do these tests, so they're really not very burdensome, it's very straightforward.
0: So can you tell me how degenerative diseases such as Parkinson's are normally diagnosed and what you think the difficulties currently are with this?
1: There are classical tests that people do. One of them includes looking for tremor, and it typically appears on only one side of the body first. And the other side of the disease is looking for whether or not the patient responds to a drug, typically levodopa. And if they respond to the drug and they have this asymmetric tremor, then that's usually taken as being a very definitive diagnosis. What we find is that most people who have the disease have those symptoms. But the problem is that we don't know about earlier symptoms because we don't really know who's susceptible.
0: But currently there is no treatment for Parkinson's. So in a way, there's this kind of dilemma as do people want to know if they have Parkinson's if there's no way to actually treat it? What's your opinion on this?
1: A slightly different way. Should we not try to find out about this disease? Should we not try to find out those who are susceptible in order to be able to develop some kind of treatment?
0: What exactly are you looking for in these voice detection patterns that indicates that maybe someone is at risk from Parkinson's or has maybe even started developing the disease?
1: Well, in the voice, there are three or four symptoms that occur. The most obvious of which is vocal breathness, and that tends to manifest itself as softness in the voice. Another one is vocal tremor, and that's really just an exact correlate of the kind of tremor that you see in the limbs, for example, or in the hands. There are other kinds of tremor which seem very specific to voice, and that's to do with the way in which your jaw and tongue move if you try to keep it steady. And Then there are also changes in pitch that occur over a long period of time, and that's largely to do with the fact that as people become more and more disabled, their ability to perceive pitch and becomes impaired.
0: So I also believe you've been looking into Friedreich's ataxia. Could you tell me a bit more about this? I know it's a disease affecting mainly children. It's quite early onset.
1: It's a movement disorder much like Parkinson's disease. And so there is this possibility that we could detect and quantify the symptoms in a disease like this, much in the same way as we've shown we can do in Parkinson's.
0: So is there a risk here that we're putting our trust and our health in the hands of a mobile phone? I presume you've spoken to medical clinicians. What is their opinion of mobile phone doing what a
1: doctor normally would? These are high precision tools to allow doctors and individuals to make individual treatment decisions that are, have a scientific quantitative basis. Something like this just doesn't otherwise exist.
0: I've seen various apps that can measure blood pressure, heart rate, all of these things. So obviously we're making lots of advancements with diagnostic opportunities. Where would you like to see this app going? Is this going to be a public tool? Is this going to be something limited only to medical professionals? Where do you see it going?
1: That, of course, requires discussion. We need to understand the ethics of this, such as if this app, for example, is given out to individuals but they don't quite understand the information that they're being presented with, or if they're presented with information that means that they should act on it, but they don't have the means to act on it, then of course you have a potential problem.
0: If you would like to get involved with the next stage of the study and are either a healthy volunteer or someone suffering from Parkinson's, go to www.parkinsonsvoice.org to register your interest and be part of the research.